Welcome to Pod22. I'm your host, Philip Baird. In this episode, I'll be talking to Jonas Svengard, an avid trail runner and semi-professional bandy player from Gothenburg, Sweden. Jonas has organized over 80 trail runs across Scandinavia for Icebug, a shoe company. Some of his events include the West Coast Trail and the Frozen Lake Marathon. We'll talk about Jonas's story, which started while he was working in the service industry. One day, he read Haruki Murakami's memoir, What I Talk About When I Talk About Running, and he started running. From that moment on, he knew exactly what he wanted to do, creating unique running experiences. And there was absolutely nothing that was going to stop him. We'll talk about trail running and the growth of the industry since the early 2000s. We'll discuss what it means to participate in a trail run and why people choose to travel for trail running. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll convince you to pick up running or even dream of Sweden's majestic West Coast. Thank you. Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, those who are tuning in on our live stream and uh, for those on the podcast listening channel here with Jonas from Icebug Experiences. Jonas, you're in... Uh, Gothenburg right now, is that correct? Yes, Gothenburg, Sweden. Nice. Did you grow up there? Is it? Is it? You've always been there, or are you kind of like a, a local of the area? Uh, well, I've been living around and in Gothenburg for my last thirty years. Before that, uh, I I'm born in Melbourne, Australia, but I got uh, Swedish parents, and we moved from Australia when I was about three, four years okay. old. So that that's why my my English isn't. Uh, Aussie and not perfect uh, either. <laughs> that's okay. That's not a problem. And so uh, growing up, you know, you, you moved from Australia. I think you also lived in, in Iran. Is that is that correct? Yes, we lived in Tehran, uh, the capital of Iran, uh, for a year before the uh, revolution. So around okay. 76, 77, 19, that is. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I actually learned uh, how to ski downhill in in Iran. Really? Not really meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the trick uh, out to to ski and. Okay. Wow. Cool. So I definitely want to talk about trail running, but kind of a little side topic before we get into it. Uh, it's a sport that I only discovered by talking to you, and then shamelessly not very Canadian in in that sense. But uh, I wonder if you could tell me a bit more about bandy. I know you love that game and you play it a lot. So uh, tell me what the passion is uh, with, with regards to that. Well, Bandy isn't very well known in Canada. It should be, but, but it isn't. <laughs> uh, yeah. you, you actually, got to, you actually uh, turn up uh, sometimes in, in the World Bandy League uh, okay. as a, a team in Canada. It's on ice, but it's outside most of the time. And the pitch is bigger as a soccer field, and you play 11 against 11. And you don't play with a puck, you, you play with a hard uh, ball instead. And you don't use hockey sticks, you, have, you use shorter ones called bandy sticks. So it's, it's, the game looks very much the same rules as soccer, but mm -hmm. on ice with a stick and a ball. And it's extremely fast because it's you got this quite large pitch to, to to so when you skate you skate can come up in really high what do you call it um, it goes very fast. Yeah, and can you can so you body check? Is there is there is there body checking as well? No, you're not really really allowed to body check. Uh, okay, okay. Because, because of the speed, you you will injure yourself. There you're going. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, it's a fantastic sport. Uh, Sweden, Finland, and uh, Russia is the two, uh, the three largest countries. Bandy. Awesome. This brings me to my next question. So, how did you get into trail running? What was the beginning of that? What kind of got you into that, and, and the passion behind it? Well, when I was younger, I was quite good at running, but but I didn't pick it up, or what else in, in my environment picked that up. And, and I trained uh, judo for for like ten or fifteen years. Okay. I was I wasn't particularly good in judo, but but I, I did it anyway, which is a great sport. But but uh, and then I injured myself quite quite severe, so I I never thought I would be able to run after the the quite. Uh, I, I was I was sitting in a wheelchair for half year when I was around twenty years old, so. Anyway, and I always liked running. I did some half marathons when I was when I was younger. Okay. I did quite quite good, but but then I dropped that, and uh, then I was in my boat. I was kind of impressed, and my uh, I had a, a restaurant that went bankrupt. I was in my sailing boat. My my younger my, my children were in. A, Failing school and, and I had nothing to do, so I read a book about from uh, Haruki Murakami, which is his uh, self biography. Uh, what I talk about when I talk about running, yeah, and it's about his life uh, and how he started running and and became an author. And he used to be in a restaurant business before that. So I took that book aside and I start running, and uh, I was quite good at it. Again, at the beginning, it was uh, asphalt running mm-hmm. and going for a record in half marathons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that's how it started. And, and then uh, as I, I started at Icebag, which is more of a outdoor brand, and we don't make any asphalt shoes, uh, I, I become in love with the forest and trail running. Nice. And so... You, if you pick up this book, you read this book, it gives you the, the urge to run. What was sort of, how did you get into Icebug? Like, where was the start with that? You, you kind of mixed your passion with work. How did uh, that come together? Well, quite fun story. And, and it's actually true. But, but as I started running, I, my, my wife gave me a pair of uh, Icebug shoes, spike shoes <laughs> for, for winter running. No way. And, and I was... What's this? And I say, oh, well, so you can run all year round. Hmm. Mm-hmm. who I never heard of them before. And I, well, she said, well, it's a Gothenburg company. And I, so I start looking Icebug up and I love the shoes and I love running the trails uh, in, in, in the winter. It, it's magical. I promised my wife after my bankrupt that I'm never going to open a restaurant again mm-hmm. after being in that business for 20 years. Yeah. So I sat down with a friend and I said to him uh, for lunch and I said, oh, I'm thinking about uh, uh, writing a letter to Icebuck and saying, okay. yeah, I'm, I'm interested in work. And he looked me in, in, in his eyes, in my eyes and said, you're not really the uh, type who's writing letters. You're the type who knocks on the doors. I said, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> So you just showed up, you, you talked to the CEO just like that, and then the Icebug experience 
became one? Like, what what, uh, what was the time frame here? Yeah, well, I knocked on Icebag's door uh, in September okay. saying, hey, I'm to work here. And okay. As, as I, I've been, Gothenburg is a quite small town, and I've been in the restaurant business for 20 years, and lots of people know me. I'm okay. not sure they, yeah. So we start talking, and, and uh, after a while, I asked them why, why they didn't do winter running series. And he said he, they, they've been thinking about it, but they didn't have the time or the knowledge. So I went home, I wrote a concept and uh, sent him an email one day later. And uh, in um, January, we had the first wind run. And then we had 10 wind runs that three months from the south of Sweden to north of Sweden, which is a quite large. Yeah, so th- that, that was it. 10 runs in, in, in three months. So let me get me this from, straight. You showed up, you, you met him in person in what, like September? Well, yep. a couple of days later, a day later, you pitch him the, the plan. And then yep. three months later, your first event goes live. Yep. <laughs> was it, was it challenging? How'd you manage to pull it off? Well, I'm quite good at it. I'm not afraid of picking up the phone and doing things. So yeah. just do it. It's, it's, not, nice. it's not that big, and, and, and Icebag is a very uh, brave company, and, and, and mm-hmm. they, uh, they challenge you to do wrong, because th- that's how you learn. So, um, okay. so I wasn't afraid to do, to do some mistakes, or, or I mean, at, at some point, at, at one race in the middle of Sweden, it, it showed up 34 people. So it wasn't a huge success the first year, but, but it was something. Okay. It was and, good, and good in Stockholm and, and, and Gothenburg, it showed up around 500 people. Wow. So, so, so we, we could tell that we, we were something, uh, we were tracking something. Okay. And what was the, the trail community back then in Sweden like? Like, how did you find sort of people who were interested in this? You know, where did you just go out in the woods? You're like, oh, this guy probably wants to join the winter run this year. Like, how did you, how do you find them? Like, Today you have, I know on, on, for example, Strava, you have a, your Strava group. I imagine there's a Facebook group for the Icebug experience. How did you find them back then in, in, to the, in the early, mid-2000s? Well, uh, at the start, we asked uh, uh, in every city where we did a winter run, we asked the uh, orienteer to help us to arrange the race. Okay. So, and they got, of course, lots of people running in the woods or trail in their community. That was really how we did it. And then we did lots of uh, advertising at Facebook and, 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 and Google and stuff like that. And that was how it started, uh, using the uh, orienteering clubs. Okay. Around in cool. Sweden. It's a, a huge sport in Sweden. Okay. It's, it's, so it's a very it is, big it is, community. So it is very big. And, and has it grown a lot in the last sort of 12, 15 years? What's, what's it like today <clears throat> compared to back then? Well, it's grown tremendously. Most of the big city races, races in, in Sweden has uh, lo- lost a huge amount of participants. Okay. Uh, but but the, and, and you can run uh, around Gothenburg, you can actually run a trail race uh, every week. Okay. Somewhere, if you just travel one, one hour around Gothenburg, you can run, run a travel uh, or use it for COVID, of course. Yeah, of course. And so... Since then, you've organized something, I think, like, uh, I was trying to estimate here, because it's like 10 races a year, so 
There are somewhere around 88, 80 races. Do you have uh, any favorites? Is there, is there some, there's a couple that stick out for you personally that you were like, man, this is, I love this one. Well, I, I actually got two and, and that's West Coast Trail. Mm-hmm. And it's a trail uh, race on the, uh, on the West Coast of Sweden, mm-hmm. which isn't that much in the woods. It's more out of the cliffs, very close to the ocean. And it's a, we got a um, very special archipelago around West Sweden. It's, it's magnificent and, and it's, it's very, very special. So for three days, the participants uh, run, walk or, or, or run, walk a 75K, okay. divided in three stages. And, and we have people from all over the world coming and, and, and do that. We've got, actually got lots of Canadians coming every year. Nice. You mentioned that there was uh, a lot of international participants. How many countries that uh, are represented for this the West Coast Trail Run? Around uh, 30. Okay. Wow. We have That's people great. from Singapore, New Zealand. We had one 18-year-old girl from uh, Brazil okay. coming up and, and do the race. So we've got people all over the world. That's cool. Uh, and then, of course, it's the Frozen Lake Marathon, which is uh, it's so fantastic. To run a yeah. marathon or a half marathon completely on on ice so it's, it's a we we rent a car track it's a testing arena for okay. cars in norway okay and we rent that track for 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 a weekend okay and then we organize a marathon and a half marathon ice it's a really Really a mind game, which, which we didn't think about when, when we were organized, because you see all the track all the time. So when you are the uh, at the end of the track, you see the finish line and you have like 20 k's to run, which is a mind <laughs> game. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's cruel is what it is. <laughs> it is really cruel. And I have so many questions about the Frozen Lake Marathon. So first of all, you, you talked about the vehicle. You know, the, the ones that we have for ice rinks in Canada, we call them Zambonis. Is it kind of like a Zamboni? So you rent a Zamboni and just like sort of clean up the, the sort of trail on the on the, the frozen lake and, and the participants can now see it and then they just follow it? Is that how it works? They, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, as, as they drive on, on the track every day, they plow it yep. every, every, every time wow. it snows. It's, it's more like a road uh, on the ice, completely on ice. That's cool. Uh, uh, yeah, and, it's really cool. And I, from my understanding, there's a, an event the night before where participants have torches. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Well, uh, actually, we ne- we ne- because because of the Corona uh, situation, we yeah. had to cancel the race the, uh, three days before. Uh, this year um okay so we never really did that okay we we, we were uh, so we have never tested that yet okay so, so hopefully we will test it in the next future year. Oh, that's yeah, cool yeah but that would be cool it was a warm-up race and it would be like 5k warm-up run with the torches and fires and stuff that's, like that that's yeah. so surreal and you know i imagine there's been years where it's been nice and years where it's not been nice I've seen. Actually, yeah. yeah, go ahead. We actually had had a quite nice weather both times when we were arranging it. Okay. Uh, uh, the first year we did it in a early April, and some people run in in, in just a t-shirt and shorts. 
Mm-hmm. She's like around zero. Mm-hmm. And, and last year, and the year after that, it was like minus two when we started in, in Celsius. Yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a little cold <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we, the thing is, is what what we not want is, is lots of wind. Yeah. Because of, because of it, yeah, because obviously it's on on on, on a, and we've been lucky enough not to have lots of wind. I had another question. You know, I've seen video clips of some of the participants from previous years for the Frozen Lake and, and sort of the interviews. They're just, you know, these people are high on life. They're, they're ecstatic. Can you yeah. tell me more about like what goes, like somebody who's experiencing this, what's, what's sort of the feeling? How do they feel when they do this, this trail run? Like what's, what's going on in, in their, their emotions, their body? What transpires for those who don't really do trail running? Well... Ooh, hard question, but 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 uh, <laughs> we are quite good at never talk about how tough a race will be before or uh, mm-hmm. altitude or or it's the hardest this or, or, or toughest this. We always talk mm-hmm. about how how lovely the environment there is or or what nice atmosphere it's going to be. So we we got almost always at all our races more women running than than men. So, okay. so, so we created a ambience before the race that's quite chill. Because, nice. uh, 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 and lots of race doesn't. Lots of race talk about Death Valley or or, or tough as this and, and and more more like for a male community. And, and we talk more about the women's community. And so what we try to do is is get people in the right state of mind coming there, enjoying mm-hmm. it. And and uh, lots of people never done. 75Ks in three days before. Lots mm-hmm. of people never ever run 20Ks before they enter. And, and then when they uh, push their boundaries, of course, they, they will be happy afterwards if they're not injured. But, you know, it's... Or I always try to do the most stunning views and most stunning... This is the environment speaks in, uh, of itself. Yeah. So that's and, and people uh, happy about it. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to ask that because I know you've mentioned this to me uh, personally previously that the West Coast of Sweden is just, you know, it's a it's a wonderful, very beautiful place. I mean, I know that the Tatum rock carvings are a UNESCO site that's a little bit further up north. But what, yeah. what makes, you know, in your opinion, what makes the, that West Coast of Sweden so special in your, your opinion and, and those who participate in some of Icebug's events? It's absolutely that you run a very little the ocean all the time, or most of mm-hmm. the time. And then we have the, the granite cliffs are very, very smooth. They've been on, on, under the ice for, for thousands and thousands of years that they uh, sandpapered them down to, like, it's a fantastic to run on them. And then you run through some small, small fishing harbors, old fishing harbors, and it's, it's lots of different environments. So sometimes you run from wood, small woods and then out see so seeing the firehouse and you know it's it's uh, it's it's very very special and very cool. Ah, that's awesome. And and you know going back to sort of organizing you know, something like the West Coast Trail. If I'm Jonas, what's what's my like preoccupations here? How do I make sure that this goes smoothly, that nobody gets lost, that everything you know works out in the end? Like what's What's sort of like, how, how does that work as a, an event organizer like yourself? Uh, you have to like uh, Excel 
and you really need to love planning. And it's it's uh, it's, it's something like like because I'm from the restaurant business, and 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 what what they what the restaurant business really really uh, learns you is it levels in the details. Mm-hmm. It's all about details, and you have to be uh, squirking all the details all the time to get it better year after year. Can't really be satisfied of of how a race is, mm-hmm. and I feel I almost never ever feel. Uh, satisfied after a race because i always think about what went wrong what i can do better next time and and mm-hmm. th- th- i think that's that's you need to have that kind of a mindset when when you are organizer of, of this kinds of event you can yeah, always well, do better that's a, that's a nice uh that's, that's putting the ceiling really up high and that leads me to the next question for this episode you know i called you the challenger do you have an idea why why that is? Why do you think I I, I chose that denomination for you? Uh, I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's a, that's a good that's a good retort for me. But um, I I remember it's because we when we first uh, met and we first started talking. I remember when you you told me that you know for some of these runs it's imperative for you to sort of visualize it, and so you'll go and you'll push yourself harder. You'll run the whole trail. You'll you'll explore. And, and you'll make it more challenging in a way. And I found that super compelling, not just for travel, but just in pushing sort of the experiences to the next level. You know, I, I imagine this is something that you, you constantly do, not just in, in your work life, but also in your personal life. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Well, when I plan a race, of, of, of course, we have to find the, the, the right location mm-hmm. first. And then it's hours of hours of hours of running to find the best trail. And then you have to talk to the landowners and then you have to re- redraw everything and go out and, and run again, of course. But you, you actually need to know every small turn as in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. It's quite important to understand that, that, that you, you really need to know your track a very, very, um, yeah. Cool. So going in into a bit more on the, the sort of event organizer side, back when you first started in, in sort of 2008, you know, the game was kind of different. Today, now you have sort of what you call these these uh, discovery platforms. You have uh, racing or running calendars. You have registration platforms. You have social media. You have athlete influencers. What's, uh, what's your, your take on this like specialization? Is it, has it been better for trail running or has it been like now it's just like there's so many things, it's hard to find what really suits you? Well, you have to uh, look them all up and yeah. understand how they work. Uh-huh. And then you have to try to go for the best or partner up with the best ones or the one who suits you best. I, I don't think it's necessarily been harder. I think mm-hmm. it's getting better. It's a constant change, which is quite fun, but it's quite hard as well. One year mm-hmm. you can put a thousand bucks at Facebook advertising and, and you fill up the race. And the next year you have to put 10,000 and nobody shows up and, and everybody moved somewhere else. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's quite challenging and tricky, I believe, to, to, to see uh, what's working this time. Mm-hmm. But more and more people and and then more more services create that uh, that help you uh, get people on the start start line. 
which is mm-hmm. unrelated. Right. And, and, and look at Strava, what an extraordinary trip they've been doing. It's, it's yeah. fantastic that, that uh, not only the uh, elite uh, uh, runners use Strava or, or bicycles, lots of people use it nowadays. Yeah, like uh, amateurs like myself. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And yeah. I get to follow I get to follow my friends in Scotland who are, love trail running in a way that, you know, I don't really follow them otherwise. I can see that mm-hmm. they're also enjoying the outdoors and it kind of like, props me to be, be a better person in a way. And, yeah. and that, that comes in sort of the, the, this, this trail community. Uh, going back to that, there was a Guardian article that came out two years ago, and they quoted a platform called Run Ultra, and they, they're a race calendar. And according to the article, the sort of trail running has gone up like a thousand percent in terms of the amount yeah. of events. Do you think this growth is, is sustainable after COVID? Do you think it's still going to keep at that same pace? Or uh, do you see it like slowing down? Uh, I think we've just seen the start of it. Oh, really? And and uh, yeah, especially uh, because of COVID, that people can't go to the gym anymore. They can't be indoors training, at least not in Sweden. And everybody, and lots of people going outdoors. I've never seen so many people running the trails the last half a year. It's okay. exploded. And not hey. only running and walking, walking with dogs. It's, it's so many people in the Indian woods uh, uh, nowadays. It's, it's not only doubled, it's tripled. And, and, wow. and uh, as, as it's lots of people injure themselves running on asphalt or because running on asphalt is, is so much about running on time. Mm-hmm. But when you run trail, you can't really, you can't run you can't use the watch saying, I, I'm going to do this in, in four minutes per kilometer. Because you've got the surface and, and you've got the attitude and, and the trends. And one day it can be slippery, another day it can be icy or, or, or whatever. You can't, you, you can't really push you that hard uh, in, in, in the same way as, as the asphalt. And, and I right. don't think the uh, human body is really designed to run very hard for long asphalt no and that brings a good point that you know i've read about and and you know my partner is a physiotherapist and, and she'll say that but like it's it's very healthy for the body and for your, your legs and especially for your feet to feel different surfaces and sort of have you know this unpredictableness of like hitting a new surface a new twig a new branch a new rock um that's actually better for your mechanics as you as you grow older, uh, is that something you you'd agree with as a as a trail runner? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. All the small muscles that you use when you're running uh, in trails, they are they, they will help you stay healthier when you get older. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna we talked about your book. I'm gonna talk about my book. It's Born to Run. I I I read this book. I loved it. And there's a passage that I really wanted to talk to you about. Because it sort of talked about the the beginning of the industry in the like early mid two thousands, and I, I wanted to have your take on it. And so basically, the author here is talking about Jen Shelton, who's a ultra runner, and he's saying, you know, whenever an art form loses its fire, when it gets weakened by intellectual inbreeding, and the first principles fade into stale tradition, a radical fringe eventually appears to blow it up and rebuild it from the rubble. Young gun ultra runners. We're like the lost generation writers in the 1920s, beat poets in the 1950s, 
and rock musicians in the 1960s. They were poor and ignored and free from all expectations and inhibitions. They were body artists playing with the palette of human endurance. I've seen sort of, you know, clips of, of, of things that you've put together. And I see this in just the regular participants. Is this something that you kind of like see, not just in yourself, but in other alternators, this like this sort of gun ho approach of like, I'm enjoying the outdoors. I'm, I'm even traveling to a different country in this way. How do you, how do you, what do you think of that characterization? I think that's, that's, that's pretty much what I see here in Sweden as well. It's something about running in the woods that, that I would actually say that make me a better person. Mm. Being in the woods is, I, I think we've got something in Sweden called the wood bathing, that just going out and embracing the, the forest. Uh, I'm not sure you have that sentence in, in, in English, but just, you know, just get to uh, be in the woods, running, being free. Don't have that pressure on your shoulders. It, it makes you a, a better person. That's that, that what I say. They talk about the important to run. How 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 uh, running uh, transform your brain. And sometimes you you can be a better person of it. I'm not sure it's that answer your question, but it not only answers my question. I, I think I couldn't have scripted better because at <laughs> the same passage, like right after the, the next page, the author quotes this 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 girl, Jen Seltzer, and she says, "I started running ultras to become a better person." And I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just I heard it from you uh, from a different part of the planet, and and I, I you know I strongly believe it. I, I run in the woods a lot. I get you know even when I go on my outdoor adventures of canoe camping, I feel the same way. And, and I, I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm really glad that, that you shared this with, with us. So talking sort of about, you know, uh, after the pandemic, you know, with regards to travel and sort of these experiences, now that the, you know, the, the virus is sort of going to be eradicated through uh, vaccines and such, do you see the sort of cost of travel and experiences like these ultra runs uh, go up because of demand going up? Or do you see it sort of because now more people are going to want to organize them, it might be better for, for the participants. Well, what I can see from my point of view, and when I talk to uh, the Swedish tour board, is, is that people tend to travel um, more like uh, exploring things. If you say that the uh, typical tourist for 20 years ago went to a beach, stayed at a mm -hmm. hotel, and went home after a week, if, if, if we can say that that was typical 20 years ago, Nowadays, you you you, uh, you run you travel to explore things and you run to Medoc Marathon and drink champagne every kilometer dressed up for like Pippa Longstrom or, or, or whatever or or uh, and then what's actually what I see is that the new generation trail runs runners is more of a bucket list uh, uh, run. Like 20 years ago in Gothenburg, we, we have the largest half marathon in the world. It was mm -hmm. very, very common. People talked about, I have to do this race every year. And that was like, people bragged about, I've done this 15 years in a row. Like, mm -hmm. hmm, cool. And nowadays, nobody brags about that anymore. People brag <laughs> about going to whatever race. You know, I mean, it's much cooler to, to do New York marathon or, or uh, doing the big marathon marathons or, or doing a frozen lake marathon than then I done this 15 in a row. So that's 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 even when I talk with the tourist board that, that studied this type of 
movement a lot that they say that that's the, the new trend people travel to explore and do not just okay. laying on the beach right so the the reason for their traveling is is because they're into this ultra trail running or endurance <clears throat> or outdoor activities and and that's the reason for the trip and, and i couldn't agree more so I, we talked about advice earlier. Let's just say, uh, you know, what, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to pick up uh, ultra running for the first time? And, you know, obviously they're not going to run a 30K, but, but what would you be there, your advice, you know, for a first time runner? I would say that the most important is to move uh, almost every day. You don't yeah. particularly have to, to run every day, mm-hmm. but, but, but if you can take one hour outside, run, walking, jogging uh, uh, but but prepare your body to move uh, uh, for uh, for a long time it's a good, and don't get injured don't run <laughs> too fast too too long too quick i did my first uh, ultra marathon when i was uh, 2014 mm-hmm. it was ni- 90 k's we got a famous um, skiing race in sweden called vasaloppet yeah, the yeah, yeah. And they have a, uh, the same track during the summer uh, okay. for, for running or mountain bike. So I did the okay. first year there. It was 90K. And it was a fantastic, ex- a fantastic experience. A little bit hard to get in the car two days afterwards, but, but uh, it was fantastic fun. So I understand that you're actually, you know, despite being there for eight years and, and Icebug being basically your passion, from, from what I gather, you're, you're actually leaving Icebug. What's, uh, what's your next upcoming challenge? <laughs> Earning money. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's a common challenge. It's a common challenge. Yeah, um, isn't it? Yeah, I got four children and 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 a wife, so you know, I need to get money on the table, isn't it? So that's a quite a big challenge. And and I will still be in the industry, mm-hmm. and I got some some really cool uh, events going on. I can't speak too much about them right now because they are not ready to to launch but i hope in 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 a few months we can launch uh, uh, the idea that on the drawing board okay but it will cool. be it will be fun it will be uh, some kind of a bucket list uh, uh, adventure okay so it'll be yeah. it'll be uh, on on par with frozen lake and and west coast trail we can we can oh. assume so I hope I hope so, and and I do hope that Icebag will will be a partner of it. So we will. Okay. Uh, I have a, a eight fantastic years at Icebag, and and it was time to uh, see if uh, I I can fly by my own. <laughs> okay, cool. You know, now that you know, this is my first episode. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. But if you were in my shoes, who would you have as a next guest? Ooh, I know it's a tough question. question. Haruki Murakami. Okay, okay. I'll make sure. I'll make sure to send him an email. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what he says. Um, yeah. <laughs> mate, thanks for the suggestion. Listen, Joseph. One last question: If uh, people want to get, uh, want to talk to you or get in touch with you about uh, trail running or your next uh, experience, what's the best way they can reach you? Yeah, they they will find me at LinkedIn and, okay. or Facebook. Jumna uh, Svengord is just one. It's just one Svengord, uh, you've not Svengord in the world, so, so you okay. can't miss me. Okay, all right, that's great. 
Uh, Jonas, thank you so much for coming on board. Uh, it's been more than a pleasure. Uh, I love what you're doing. I think I had you on because I think you push traveling and especially experiences to a whole different level. And uh, I can't hope to, I, I can't wait to see what, what new, crazy, uh, beautiful outdoor thing that you're gonna, you're gonna prepare. And uh, thank you again for, for being a part of this. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. <laughs> All right, school. Take care. Bye-bye. Cool. <laughs> Take care. Bye.